And the person that I first connected to was working in finance at like Sci-Fi Network. Like I have no interest in Sci-Fi <laughs> and I have no interest in finance. But she knew a recruiter who knew of another recruiter who had a job opening. And that basically was the first of many important conversations. Welcome to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores exceptional career success stories, inspiring and insightful personal brand journeys that answer the question, are you coffee or are you Starbucks? Fascinating conversations with leaders about their career breakthroughs from entertainment, tech, media, and more. You'll learn how they've turned up the volume on their brand to unlock success. Firsthand, uncensored, and real, as told by people who've been there and plenty of inspiration and practical tools to help you lead with your brand every day as you drive towards your next career breakthrough. And now, here's your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Hey everybody, Jason Patria here, and you are listening to the Lead With Your Brand podcast. It is the podcast for people just like you who are looking to turn up the volume, show your value, and lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. I am super excited about today's show because I have one of my old buds, Noelle Fakori, who is the Director of Employee Experience at LinkedIn, and we are talking all about LinkedIn. But before we get to well, let's talk a little bit about social media in general, whether it's LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, because I have people come to me all of the time and they say, you know what, Jason, I'm just not into social media and I don't get it and I, I want to be private and I, I don't want to share and maybe I'm on it, but I just look. And here's the deal. You've got to be on social media if you want to lead with your brand. Now, here is where I make the firm delineation. If you don't want to be on social media because you don't want to share personal information or have friend connections or you just don't want that level of exposure, that is absolutely fine. But you must be on social media in order to amplify your career brand. And that can be completely professional and talking about your brand in the professional space. So I always say you've got to be on LinkedIn and I will admit There were years that I was anti-LinkedIn. I just didn't want another platform. But that's where I put the majority of my energy because LinkedIn is the place for professionals. Now, you can also be on those other platforms and still only curate it from a professional standpoint. Now, here's sort of the three things I want you to think about on any of these platforms. The first thing is it's all about commenting and liking. The second thing is you've got to create content. And the third thing is you can syndicate content. So let's talk a little bit about liking and commenting. It doesn't take any effort for you to go on your social platforms and scroll through a few minutes a day and simply like and comment on things. Now, I will tell you, I have people come up to me and they say, oh, wow, I can't believe you did this, or I can't believe you went there, or wow, you show up everywhere. And I'll think to myself, 
I haven't even seen you. Are we even connected on LinkedIn? Are we even friends on Facebook? Are we? Are you even following me on, on Twitter or Instagram? Because I haven't seen you there. Here's the deal. If you are just sitting on the sidelines and looking at things, that doesn't get you any credit. You've got to hit that like button. You've got to give a thumbs up. You've got to give a heart. But even better, start thinking about what are those comments and how can you lead with your brand in those comments? Can you put something like, Wow, congratulations. I'm so proud of you. And put up the applause emojis. Can you put good job? Can you say wow? And then share what you think about the picture you see or the post that they're doing. You've got to give some type of reaction. Otherwise, you're just sitting on the sidelines and you don't get any credit for being on the platform. That is a freebie. That is an easy, it takes no effort. The second thing is you've got to create content. The bottom line is we live in a world that's all about content. Now, let me tell you, I am not advocating that you need to spend hours writing articles and creating uh, website material. That's not what you need to do unless that is required for the type of role that you do. But what is required is that you put some type of content up there. Now, I'm a huge fan of if you've done something cool at work, share a post about that. When you've had a big accomplishment with your team, share a post. Put a picture. Those are all ways that you can share your original content. Now, that's probably not something you can do every week and certainly not something you can do every day. But one thing you can do is my third tip, which is all about being a great syndicator. You see great content all over online platforms. That could be as easy as sharing an article that you liked and then putting a headline as to why you enjoyed the article or maybe pointing out a specific area that you think your readers should look. We all work for companies that have corp communication teams that are putting out great announcements. Well, if you're proud about something that your company is doing, go ahead and share that post and maybe talk about how you and your team have contributed or maybe shout out some of your coworkers or colleagues at the company that are responsible for that. Not only does it allow you to co-brand yourself with your organization, it's going to get you a lot of friends who are paying attention to your company's website. So think about those easy things to do. Make sure that you like and comment. When you can, post original content, whether that's a photo or an update about what you're doing. And then finally, go ahead and re-syndicate those great pieces of content, whether they're articles, announcements, or even photos that you're getting in your feed that you want to amplify and share your thoughts on. Well, we've got an amazing guest today. I call her the LinkedIn queen because she is who I go to all of the time when I've got great LinkedIn questions. Her name is Noelle Fakori, and she is LinkedIn's ultimate culture champion because she is the director of LinkedIn's employee experience team. Now, Noelle and her team, they're responsible for fueling LinkedIn's unique company culture by designing and delivering global programs across LinkedIn to ensure every one of their employees has an exceptional employee experience. Now, Noelle has been at LinkedIn since 2014, and she's developed the company's global onboarding experience. She's redesigned their enterprise-wide people manager training journey and designed their signature program, 
culture camp in an effort to scale the LinkedIn culture across employee volunteers. And she even created LinkedIn's culture social strategy known as hashtag LinkedIn life. She's currently managing a team with folks all the way from Bangalore to Dublin. And I first met Noelle in her first round of roles in the entertainment media and tech business when she worked on the talent development team over at NBC Universal. I'll be back in just a few moments with Noelle Fakori. For over 25 years, Jason has coached, trained, and developed thousands of leaders and executives, helping them achieve their next career breakthrough. He's a featured speaker at global conferences and companies to help everyone bring their best authentic self to work, show their value, and lead with their brand every day. Get more tips and tools at leadwithyourbrand.com. And we are back. I am super excited for today's guest. She is one of my all-time faves. It is Noelle Fakori, the Director of Employee Experience at LinkedIn. Noelle, how's it going? It's so, so good, Jason. It is so good to have a virtual reunion with you. I wish it was in person, but this definitely works. Exactly. We are making virtual work. And Noelle, let's jump right in because I want to know from you, you are a networking queen. So when you (laughs) first meet people, when you first kind of interact with people, how do you explain to them who you are and then what it is that you do? Oh my goodness, such a fun question. So I'm somebody that is known around for the day-to-day as the LinkedIn cheerleader. So I work at LinkedIn, like you said, been there for almost seven years, but the title LinkedIn cheerleader was actually bestowed to me by one of the new hires about like four to five months in. And he caught me in the cafe and said, you know who you are? You're just our cheerleader. You cheer us on, you cheer the company on, you do it in these walls, you do it out there on the platform. Thank you for being our cheerleader. And I thought, well, that's stuck. So I turned it into my LinkedIn headline and that very quickly became what I was known for and hopefully the experience that I aimed to create for people. So when I'm walking around in these networking type opportunities or virtually joining in on calls, it's really about kind of sharing that I try and make work not feel just like work. And it's not just me, but it's an amazing team that tries to make every day feel like a full-on experience and feel like our culture is something that you can touch, you can feel rather than just hear and talk about. So that's how I try and get people to at least lean in a little bit. (laughs) And then we take it from there. Then I make it all about them. (laughs) Yeah. Well, but I love this whole notion that this is something when we think about our own professional brands, right? This is about you really listening to your your customer, right? Your career audience, because it was something that someone that had experienced you said, and then you really made that work, right? You made it stick and, uh, and, and resonate. So, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you, Noelle, is this whole notion of of social media and networking. Because people come up to me all of the time and they're like, I don't want to be on social media. Like, it's too difficult. I don't understand. I want to be private. But you are someone that I have seen grow and blossom your career. And you work at the place that you love, right? LinkedIn. And I know that that's how you even got into the work world. So tell me a little bit about your career and how LinkedIn and social media and networking has been so integral to that. 
Sure. So I graduated in 2010, not an ideal time to be finding jobs. And I thought (laughs) like, yeah. And so, you know, very similar to where we are now, it wasn't a great time, but it was on the upswing. And so I was somebody that when I graduated, I had studied public relations, interned in PR. And then when I finally got into the real world, realized it was not what I wanted to be doing. And so I felt like I need to take a moment to pause and really figure out not just what is the job I want, but what is it that makes me most passionate and is a journey that I could follow and move into. And so I did this exercise where I took a piece of paper and I put a line down the middle. And on one side, I wrote down everything I love to do, like everything that gives me energy. And on the other side, I wrote down everything I know that I'm great at. Like if you asked me to do it, I would deliver 11 out of 10, exactly what you were looking for and more. And I started to shop the list around and say like, what career, what profession do you see? And everybody told me I needed to go into HR. And I said, (laughs) no, thank you. That sounds like the principal's office. Next, please. What's your next answer? Next, please. And it was one of those things where they're like, just think about it. So I started to look for a bunch of different jobs within the HR space at every company that you could imagine. And I started to not just looking at titles, but actually reading the job descriptions to see what matched up. And I found that it is the exact space I wanted to be in. It was about connecting with people, helping them find opportunity, getting to be a brand ambassador, an advocate, a champion. And it's like, this has me written all over it. It's all the parts of PR I wanted, but it wasn't actually PR. And so what I decided to do was to get on LinkedIn back in 2010 And I didn't have a job at the time, so I had this time that I spent, honestly, Jason, three to four hours every day on LinkedIn. I used it as a complete guide and a tool with no social media experience, with no understanding of really how to use it. And I searched jobs. I searched people. I searched companies. And I did it to learn the landscape, but then also try and proactively build my own brand and build a career for myself from a very far away place from where I wanted to end up. I was in Florida, wanted to end up in New York. I had zero experience and I wanted to work at NBC Universal. And so what I actually did was I spent time looking at people's profiles, seeing how they described and differentiated themselves, and then would try and figure out now if I were to replicate that, what would I say and what would I share and how would I do it in as concise and meaningful as a way possible? And so that helped people find me, but then I needed to actively go out and start to find people to have these meaningful conversations with. And that's when I realized the second piece of getting noticed is how you do that elevator pitch that people often talk about, but how you do it when you're not in person, when you're not in an elevator, but through a LinkedIn message or a LinkedIn email. And so what I really started to do was to craft my messages really thoughtfully to understand who is this person I'm trying to reach out to try and get in touch with them in a way that would resonate. And then it was really about showing up to every meeting, prepared to learn more about them, but be ready to share who I was and what energy I was trying to get and share within my next job or my next career move. And so LinkedIn has followed me. And every time I've looked for a career (laughs) shift internally or externally, I repeated that same exact exercise. Yeah. I mean, there's so much there, Noelle. So, so walk me through it a little bit for our, our listeners. I love that you said it's, you know, it's one thing to do your profile, but ultimately you need to reach out to people. Right. And I know that's where people get really caught up because it's, 
it feels like fearful or like I'm going to get rejected. So I'm just not going to do an in-mail, right? I'm, I'm not right. going to reach out to someone. What have been some of the ways that you found effective to, you know, immediately engender someone to wanting to even read and respond, let alone have a conversation? So what I'll say is that there's a pretty obvious standard way of doing things, and we all know it. It's like the first thing you plan on writing down when you open an email or a LinkedIn message. It's usually like, hi, Noelle, I loved your profile, and I wanted to chat with you about X. Now, if that's like the first thing you plan on saying, it's likely the first thing anybody's planning on saying. So that's your first gut check that how can I now take this up a notch and customize it and personalize it for the individual that I'm sending this to? So imagine instead I said, hi, Noelle, here's what I'm loving most about getting to know you in the future. And then I share something from their profile or something that I picked up on or a way that I feel like we'd have a shared commonality or better yet, how I could add value to that person or how I want to expand my network or how I want to learn from their professional experience It's really about being very clear and concise, but I think what most people do is that they just try and go with the standard and hope that something gets noticed. And you have to make sure that it's noticeable. You have to actually craft your message and nail the message by not just copy pasting, hitting send, but figuring out what is that person posted on their LinkedIn profile that I could weave in. Is it their location? Is it where they went to school? Is it a nonprofit they look connected to? And if there's an authentic connection, lean into that. And if not, there are other ways that you can even share what makes you unique that you can actually grab their attention in that communication. But what I always try and do is make sure that I make it as easy for them as possible. So I share, here's exactly what I'm looking for. Here's how I would love to work with you or would love your help or guidance. Would it be possible to take Take 15 to 20 minutes of your time because nobody feels like they have 30 minutes or beyond to trying to make it a little bit more brief. So you at least get that first reaction tends to help. Yeah. Wow. I love that. It's like clear, concise, but make that personal connection. And then this easy piece feels like the part that people miss all the time, right? Is, is the ask is almost too big. How do you make an ask that's easy for people to say yes to? Yeah. And honestly, Jason, a lot of it's just trying it. Like for every probably like 30 LinkedIn messages I sent out, I'd probably hear from one person. But all you need is one person who will help connect you to your next opportunity. And the person that I first connected to was working in finance at like sci-fi network. Like I have no interest in (laughs) sci-fi and I have no interest in finance, but she knew a recruiter who knew of another recruiter who had a job opening. And that basically was the first of many important conversations that started. So there's always work that could be done to build your brand, share who you are and just get comfortable. So when it's go time, you don't feel like it's like your dry run or it's practice, but you feel like you've done it so often that it is authentic and natural to you. Yeah. And I love that, that notion too, that it's like one out of 30, right? So, so it's not about getting upset if not every single person responds, right? Mm -mm. It's Um, not you. Think about how many people you've ignored, like in a week. (laughs) We all do it. We all do it. It's time and it's place, but there are things to come back to as well. And it's so interesting. One of the incredible teammates that I hired years ago her in-mail to me was exceptional. Like I remember screenshotting it and sending it to people (laughs) and I was so impressed by her. And then I got busy and I never responded. And then 
a year later, she sent me another message and I was like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry I missed this. And again, timing works out when it should because that was the time I had a role and I was paying attention to great people that I could help hire versus a year ago, it was a little bit different. So shame on me, but it came back in a positive way the second way around. So it should never be something you take personal, but it's practice and a place to craft. And then you had that memory, right? Or at least yeah. looking at the in-mail at John, like, oh, I was, imp- I, was, I was impressed by this a year ago. So there's automatic intrigue there, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so, you, so you talk to this gal from sci-fi, right, in finance. And I love that. It's like, don't ever, you know, poo-poo someone because they don't feel like they're the perfect right. contact, right? So, so then how did, you, how did you get hired at like NBC Universal and move to New York from Florida? Yeah. So I had a series of interviews and I remember being really clear. I was like, they're going to ask me, like, tell me about yourself. Like that is the one question that you can guarantee you will be asked. They may ask different words, but they're going to ask you to summarize who you are. And I said, that is the question I plan on nailing in all of these interviews. And so I actually spent some time saying like, what do I want to be known for? And what can you count on me on? Those were the two questions I answered for myself. So what you, what I want you to know me for and what you can count on me on is X, Y, and Z. And what I was able to do is summarize my brand. But in addition to that, I was able to share what's probably the most important thing for anybody to share in an interview or when you're trying to build a relationship or whatever it may be. It's what value I can offer you. Because quite often, like people who are in the position of interviewing others or trying to help others connect to their next opportunity, they hear a lot of help me, help me, but you don't make it easy for the person. Like if I said, Jason, like help me find a job, that would be an extremely overwhelming task. <laughs> yeah, I'm like stressed out about it, even <laughs> though you're just, you're not looking for one, right? But it's- Feel the stress yeah. in your eyes on my face already. Exactly. <laughs> so to avoid that, if I said, Jason, I'm looking for an opportunity that will help me grow my public speaking skills. I'll get to work in a collaborative environment. And I'm looking for something where I get to use a creative mindset what type of company or what type of person or uh, position would you recommend I start with? Like it makes it so much easier for you to provide your expertise, to want to say yes to the ask, to want to say yes to the conversation. And quite often we just start with a general what we need instead of getting specific. And then the other piece to that is really messaging. Here's the value that I can bring. Let me make it easy for you person who's interviewing And that's where LinkedIn can be really helpful ahead of time with expressing yourself because it's not a boring, like one dimensional resume. Like you can add a lot of color and dimension and personality into your LinkedIn headline, into your summary, even into your photo that tells people who you are before they finally get to know you. And then when you have their attention in person is where you get to expand on all the ways that you can create value for someone or a company or a team. Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, this is all marketing, right? But we have to do it. We, we we have to do the work and treat ourselves like, like a product. So I want to talk about your brand, but first tell me, how did you make the leap to LinkedIn after you had like mastered this platform? How is it that you ultimately became the LinkedIn cheerleader? Oh my goodness. Well, I remember seeing the job posted on LinkedIn and I thought it was fake news. I thought it was an algorithm putting together my perfect, (laughs) my perfect. Perfect job, dream company, dream location. So I spent about a week and a half like 
clearing the cookies on my computer, <laughs> like seeing if it was a fake job on other people's phones, if they could find it too. So once I knew it was real, um, in terms of making the leap, it was interesting. I actually, this is like the power of constantly building your network. I knew I always wanted to work at LinkedIn. I knew the type of role that I wanted to have. And when I saw that both of them could fit together, I thought, well, who do I know that works there that I could at least validate if this is a fit? And the power of building your network on an ongoing basis is that there was one person I knew who worked at LinkedIn. And I reached out to him to say, hey, I'd love to share that I'm interested in this job, but and you know me to a degree, and I wonder if you think that it's a fit. And so, believe it or not, he ended up being the hiring manager for the job. <laughs> and he was like, girl, That's you got to That's the apply. stars aligning, right? Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't always work like that. I'd say the majority of the time it doesn't work like that. But had he not even been the hiring manager, because I met him in a conference two years prior, because I connected with him on LinkedIn, because every now and then I would send him a message just to keep in touch, because we had a really great connection when we first met and felt like we could learn a lot from one another. It was so easy when there was an opportunity. And that doesn't work all the time. But by building your network by meeting somebody, connecting with them, nurturing that relationship. When you see that they've been promoted, they're celebrating a work anniversary, they're celebrating a birthday. It keeps that energy going. So when you do actually need to become in touch with somebody for a more urgent reason, or there's something more curious that you need to lean into, you've got the glue there. So that's one of those pieces that I think helped. But beyond that, you know, when I first started at LinkedIn, I was really worried about what it felt like to be new. Because I don't know how many people change jobs as frequently anymore. But for me, it was my second job ever, second company. And what I really was wondering is like, who can I be here? Can I be myself? Or do I have to edit versions of myself to fit into this culture in this environment? And the interview time was an interesting point where I was stress testing different parts of me to see if it resonated or not. And truthfully, it didn't. Like there was a big chance that I wasn't going to take the job at LinkedIn because I didn't feel like I was able to be 100% myself through the interview experience. And that was for nobody's reason in particular. It just didn't line up where I was like, this is a perfect match. I 100% see myself here. But by taking the job anyways, I was able to really start to find the people and the places who allowed me to be me and also pick up on the cues that made it really clear, here's what works here. And I was like, oh, that's so me. I'm going to lean into that. And the other parts that are like, here's some space that you can test out. And I leaned into testing it out as well. Like the type of energy, charisma, personality that I bring is unique because LinkedIn allows it. Not all environments offer that, but we should always be finding the pockets and the places where we feel like we fit. And then we can just expand our brand and our energy and our personality from there in the most authentic way possible. Yeah. And I love that. I mean, that's why I even always say lead with your brand, right? Yeah. What are the elements that you can lead with? Because the reality reality is, is we can't lead with 100% of it all of the time. Mm -hmm. So I love that you bring up this whole notion of how do you lean into the things that you know are a home run and then test the waters in, in other places. So talk to me a little bit about your brand. And I know you and I worked on the talent lab brand at NBC universal so much. So, so we are like, uh, 
you know, brand husband and wife uh, in, in some <laughs> cases, right? That. When we talk about the talk about <laughs> totally. this work. But um, Noelle, how would you describe your brand? What are maybe three words that you would use to describe your brand today? Mm. I'd have to say the first one is going to be energizing. Ooh. The second one would probably be people-oriented. I'm adding a hyphen to make it one word. <laughs> and the third one I would say is personalized. Ooh, wow. So talk yeah. to me, how do you how do you show up every single day at LinkedIn, not only as a leader of a team, but someone that's really an ambassador for the entire culture? How do you show up as energizing, people-oriented, and personalized? Yeah. So I think about, so I, every Monday I have a meeting called TGIM, which is, thank goodness it's Monday, which (laughs) I've been trying to become an advocate for the day of Monday for a long time. And I actually stole the phrase from my husband because I know he'll listen and he's going to accept credit. So it came from him. It came from him because a good leader knows that good ideas come from anywhere and you always, (laughs) always give recognition and credit. But so for me, we always start with the energy. And I know that most people are not going to want to bring the energy on a Monday. So I try and bring it and carry it, even if they're not going to. But what I try and also be really mindful of is not expecting you to mirror and reflect me. You get to show up however you want on Monday because it is Monday. It is I have a global team, so it's 8 a.m. for some people. It is 8 p.m. for other people. So you get to show up exactly as you are, but I'm going to bring the energy for us to get that momentum going. And the people-oriented piece is that I always try and figure out how somebody's really, really doing. So how are weekends? How are we really, really doing today? What's top of mind? What's keeping you up at night? What do you need to feel successful this week? Most of my questions have you at the very beginning. It's about them and what they're going to need versus, hey, here's my list of everything that I'm going to need from you. And then the final piece of making it personalized, this you can usually do in that team gathering sense, but it makes even more sense when you get into one-on-ones or back in the day, like the elevator run-ins, the bathroom run-ins, like when you (laughs) overlap with somebody's Zoom meeting and you see a new face for the first time, but trying to really figure out who that individual is, what's meaningful for them, and then how you personalize to make them feel like they are the most incredible person in the room. And so for me, I try and spend a lot of my one-on-ones or just one-on-one interactions learning about that person. So that way, when it comes time to reward or recognize them or run into them again, it wasn't just a meeting, but it hopefully was this meaningful experience and connection that we both shared. So when we see each other the next time, it feels even less like a meeting or even less like two coworkers interacting. And for me, like it works in a team meeting sense, a one-on-one sense, but all of us are leaders of like ourselves and our environment. And all of us create experiences when we're walking around town or we're jumping into meetings or we're picking up the phone or we're sending an email. Like all of those interactions are a choice to decide the experience you want to create for the other person on the other line. And so I aim to make sure whether it's an email you get from me, an instant message you get from me, a meeting that you're forced to sit in with me, that I'm bringing the energy. We have a people moment where it feels like we're not just coworkers, but we're real people. And then try and personalize it to make it more energy energizing the next time around. 
Yeah. I mean, I love that you talk about experience, right? Because at the end of the day, that's what brands are all about is, is having that mindset that this isn't about transaction, right? It's about an experience that we create every time someone interacts with us. So let me ask you, Noelle, have you always sort of shown up in this way or are there elements that you've really evolved over time, either through your education or growing your career in first media and now in the tech yeah. space? I would say growing up, I, I am the way that I am. Like people <laughs> that I knew as like a child would probably describe me with a lot of the same words and ways that somebody would as an adult. I think in your career, you make choices. And I think you look for those cues to understand, okay, like what parts of myself can I share? And I think that's where managers, leaders, like there's a role that we all play in creating an environment where people can own their brand, lean into their brand, lead with their brand where they feel like they can, because that usually means your brand is your personality. It's what you want to be known for. And it's not like a set of buzzwords, but it's what's authentic to you. So what makes you tick It what gives you energy, it's what becomes your superpower. So I think that a lot of people have a role to play in allowing you to be it, but then you ultimately have the choice as to how much you get to share or how you get to share it. And I'll give you an example. Like when I started at LinkedIn, I was like, okay, fresh start. I get to kind of figure out like, what version of myself that I want to share. And so I knew that I wanted to be a little less formal and a little bit more playful and creative because I was brand new at tech. I was brand new in New York. I was brand new in a role that hadn't really existed before. So it's like, this is an opportunity to make my mark. So the way that I first started is I tried to show my personality through my email signature. So I would write an email that (laughs) would fit in any corporate environment, but my sign off would always be confetti toss. And then I was like, let me introduce this into the out of office space. So I'd write out my out of office and then I would sign off like high fives or another confetti toss or cartwheels or whatever it may be. And so it gave people a sense of like who I was, but they still saw me first and foremost as the employee experience leader in New York City, et cetera. And so that kind of helped me get my feet wet because people would start to respond really well to that. They'd comment on it. I included it in my LinkedIn profile. People who would email me would start to comment on confetti. And I don't know if it's going to be great or terrible for me long-term, but confetti is by far and large. Like I should that I should have replaced any of those three words with confetti. My whole team will tell you it's just, it's part of the brand. But so that allowed me to then say, okay, now how do I get to build on that in one-on-one meetings? How do I get to build on that in team meetings? How do I get to build on that in presentations? And I found the people who matched my energy or my personality, or I saw really leading with their brand. And I would ask them like, so what flies around here? Like, I love that you do that. Like, is that like acceptable across the board or are you just being super bold? And so getting to find the people who really did it well allowed me to figure out where I could become more confident and more comfortable leading with my brand. 
Yeah. So I love that. It's like this whole notion of how you even talk about testing the waters, right? It's something that you're really thoughtfully doing and you're always in this place of asking great questions, right? Which is not, not just assuming, but like really asking, asking people how it lands. So I'm interested to hear from you because I know sometimes when you have a great brand, you know, that resonates with some and it doesn't resonate with others. How do you handle when, you know, your brand of confession maybe is too much for somebody or maybe a situation where you've received feedback that that maybe you're leaning in too much into some of those areas how have you handled those throughout your career yeah you know it's always a learning and i think that like if i could give the world one gift it would be like eq training i wish that everybody <laughs> got it for themselves but also for how to respond to others and just to be more productive and successful in how we communicate and read the room in general but so i feel like for me i'm pretty in tune with what's working and what's not working and generally trying to pick up on cues and i think it's important to know that like your brand is a good consistent foundation and there will be places to amp it up and then places to taper it back and that doesn't mean that you're inauthentic it means that you're tailoring yourself to a situation or a scenario Because if I'm going to walk into a strategy meeting doing cartwheels, it may not land so much as like (laughs) a TGIM meeting. So like knowing like how to develop your gravitas where you can still own a room and build energy, but like have substance that matches the style, I think is really important. And that's something that I didn't learn early on in my career. Like early on in my career, I was like, still energizing, still people oriented, but I was just like purely eager beaver would say yes to anything, but it wasn't, I don't feel like I had the right layer of dimension that people would respond to seeing me as also strategic until I put myself in those opportunities and environments and said, I'm not going to be eager beaver girl right now. I'm still going to have my energy, but I'm going to tailor it in a way that feels more strategic more direct, more composed than somebody who's actually tossing confetti. So you can keep your core, but you, you have to shift it in different ways. Otherwise it's like any artist, if they put out the same kind of track over and over again, you'd be like, okay, we get it. We've heard this song before, but by adding different layers and dimension and helping yourself practice getting those different layers in different dimension. That's how you become more whole, but you can still deliver on your brand at the same time without compromising. Yeah, right. I mean, it's like, you're known for that dance anthem, but we need you at ballad right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then afterwards, you go back to the dance Exactly. Yeah. And then we need our, our top 40 pop hit, right? Yeah, um, exactly. And, and, our, and our, our dance remix, right? Totally. Um, I love that because it's really that whole notion of, of, you know, it's the right set of behaviors at the right time, but it's the right level of volume that I'm hearing from you, right? Like, when can I really turn it up? And when do I maybe need to dial it back based on what's going to work, right? Like, like what's going to work? Because the, the goal isn't, I just get to be whoever I am all of the time. The goal is that you're successful in influencing and doing the things that you, you want to do or the things that you know are right for the business, right? So I love that you started out saying you went into all of your informationals and then your interviews saying, you know, this is who I am, right? And then you said, but this is the value that I can bring, right? Like th- this, this is what you get out of me. So, so what is it that we get out of you? What's the value you bring? What, what's, what's the brand position for Noel? 
Oh man, I haven't worked on this in a while, Jason. <laughs> I have not, but gosh, I love the question. See, this is the other thing. When you're in the same environment for too long, you don't always practice it over and over again. It becomes natural, which is good, but it's always great to be able to practice out loud what that is. So for me, I would say that the value proposition is that I'm always going to try and figure out how to make something, how to create an environment where people feel like they can connect with the bigger picture. Like I feel so strongly that everybody at LinkedIn, whether I was doing onboarding, whether I'm running a culture event, whether I'm in a team meeting, they all feel like I am so happy that they are there. And that I have intentionally figured out who they are and have tried to find a way to personally connect them to why they're there. So that way they feel valued and that way they feel like they're part of something. And that's part is like it all kind of tapers back to like why I wanted to be in PR. Like I wanted people to have a connection to something. I wanted to represent something. When I moved into HR and recruiting, it was the same thing. Now I'm an employee experience. It's the same thing. So a lot of times we have our why, that thing that makes us tick, our brand value proposition. And it's just kind of figuring out what's the right place for it to play. But for me, it is absolutely making sure that people feel connected to their environment. And like, we are so happy that they exist and that they are here. So I did onboarding for too many years. Like I did not have a Monday (laughs) to myself for a long time. And when I was at NBC Universal, we had like 80 new hires in one room. And my test to myself was no name tags. I'm going to remember every person's name throughout the day. They could quiz me. And then if I messed up anyone's name, I would personally send them a Starbucks gift card. Ah. And it was this thing that I was like, this is going to be my thing. And it was. And so then when I got to LinkedIn, I was trying to figure out what is my thing and finding a way to make sure that everybody could share like why they join LinkedIn or what they're most excited about and give them that one nugget of a person to connect with, something to research, something to look into was then my thing. So you can always figure out like what is your signature and hopefully hopefully people continue to experience that throughout our interactions yeah and i love that that's such a great example of it's one thing to say that you're all about personalization and being personalized but those are like the repeatable actions that you created as right a weekly rhythm for yourself that really demonstrates being personalized you know um i love that you said you were sort of always this way as a kid growing up but so tell me what did what did little noelle want to be when she grew up Oh my goodness. So the real answer was I wanted to be a music video choreographer. I wanted... <laughs> I knew there's a reason why oh we're kindred gosh. spirits, right? Honestly, <laughs> I don't know how... My, my family just did a lot of head nodding with me growing up. They're like, okay, girl, you will see. So that was the first thing is I literally just wanted to make people want to dance. Then... When I was older, I wanted to write the president of the United States speeches. Like I wanted to be a speech writer. And so then it kind of morphed from there because I realized I have 0% interest in politics. So that's not going to (laughs) fly into more like inspirational speaking. That's like where it came from. So again, connecting people to something, helping build an experience, helping be authentic in that way. So I think down the road, if you were to ask me, what do I want to be when I grow up? Some sort of a motivational speaker on a topic that really makes sense and will really create a difference for people is where I'd eventually like to end up. But that's a little bit. We moved from the dance party scene 
to still get people to dance, exactly. but in a little bit of a different way. And at least I know you still have the dance moves, and that's what that that's Do what I. counts there. Do I? <laughs> so, Noelle, a couple of fun final questions. We've been talking all about your brand and and tips for branding. What is your favorite brand as a consumer? Like, what's that brand that you can't live without? Mm, the brand that I can't live without is probably going to be Rifle Paper Co., a Ooh. very random one. Yeah. But literally, it's like me personified. It's bright. It's colorful. You can't really miss it. If you do miss it, it'll appear and then it'll catch your attention whether you want it to or not. But they just make things that are really sharp and beautiful and just kind of level up a lot of the everyday things. So I would say, like, if there's one brand that I just love, it would be that one. Ooh, I'm going to have to check that out. Now, if you were a type of car, what type of car would Noelle be? I would be a fun, quick, sporty SUV. I could pile a lot of things (laughs) in. could have a whole parade pop out. Plenty of confetti on the floor at all times in case of emergency. <laughs> but something that's like quick and easy to move around. Ooh, I love that. Now, because you're the LinkedIn queen in my book, you're the person I always go to with a, a, a LinkedIn type of question. What What are a couple of your like best tips for people to be effective on LinkedIn? What What are the easy things that people are just missing? Okay. Number one, you need a headline. A lot of people don't have a headline or they forget to take advantage of the headline space. So I like to say like, if you're in a grocery store and you're hanging out and you've got magazines with like bright colors, headlines, imagery, and then you got a newspaper, where are your eyes likely to go? Whether we like it or not, it's going to go towards the magazine. Now, that doesn't mean that you need something that feels unprofessional or sensational. It just means that our eyes look for headlines. They look for summaries and not just anything, but really creative, captivating summaries. So I'd say the number one thing that you could do is have a headline and you could make it director of employee experience at LinkedIn Or you could say, like, what represents me? So I have LinkedIn cheerleader. I have employee experience leader. And then every now and then I switch up the third one. Sometimes it's taco connoisseur. Other times it's, like, (laughs) coolest big sister or brand new aunt for the first time. But so I try and find a way to add a little bit of personality into there. So I think that's the first one. The second one is connect with anyone that you have a meaningful conversation with. Because it builds up your network. And you can't just collect all these people. You've got to interact with them. So find easy ways to interact with them. Even if you only get on LinkedIn for like five minutes a day, take a scroll through your feed. And if there's somebody who's put themselves out there and posted content, give it a reaction, give it a comment, because they're definitely noticing who's paying attention to them. And it may just be exactly who you need to be in touch with in the future. Wow. Love those tips. Here's my final question to you. What's the best career advice that you'd like to pass on to our listeners? The best career advice that I'd like to pass on to my listeners is find a place that is going to give you roots and wings. You want to find a place that you can grow and you can grow over time. So you don't pop from thing to thing. You build that street cred, you build that experience. You get to take advantage of the relationships that you put in time into, but you want to also be looking for a place and opportunities to have wings. 
to go to new places, to try new things, to really, really find yourself achieving what you want versus constantly checking the box on what other people or the job needs for you. So aim to try and always find a place or a manager or a team or environment that's going to offer you both. Wow. I love that. You know, roots and wings. And Noel, thank you so much for bringing your special, unique brand of cheerleading and confetti today. I could talk to you all day. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Jason. Such a treat and good luck on everyone's journey. Yay. And we'll be back in just a few moments with my final thoughts. Are you tired of not being recognized for your work? Are you ready to rise above the rest and accelerate to the next level? The Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program will help you take control of your career, develop your own unique brand, and catapult you to a whole new level of success. You are a top performer, and the Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program is what you need to get you there. Visit leadwithyourbrand.com to learn how. Well, I don't know about you, but I just loved all of the great LinkedIn tips, interview tips, and branding tips that Noelle brought to us. But here's the thing. What really stuck out to me was something that Noelle did right at the beginning of her career journey, and that was doing an assessment of not only what she loved but what she was good at doing. And she didn't stop there because she went and scanned LinkedIn. She scanned the internet and job descriptions to look at where those things matched up with needs. Now, so many times we tell ourselves a story that we've got to do this type of position or this type of career. But I love that Noelle really proved that when you do a true inventory of that intersection of what your passions are, what your talents are, and what the organization and and marketplace needs are, you will find where you want to be, even though it may not be the place that you thought you would go. So do that for yourself. Be just like Noelle and pull out that sheet of paper. I want you to make those lists and start thinking about what your next career breakthrough can be. Well, that's our show for today. If you loved our conversation with Noelle and want to hear from more amazing people just like her, make sure you hit the follow button so you get a new episode every single Tuesday on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to follow me on social media. I'm at Jason Patria on all platforms. And of course, I love to share content and syndicate content on my LinkedIn profile. And just remember in your career, Don't be a boring old commodity like coffee. Make sure you are that super premium brand just like Starbucks. You've been listening to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores and uncovers exceptional career success stories and inspiring personal brand journeys with your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at leadwithyourbrand.com.